0: What an amazing story we heard. What happened in it? Can you tell me what was the most important thing that happened in that story? Did a man receive his sight? A man who was born blind, yeah? You could see, yeah? That's right. So it's an amazing story. But when we see the story, it's full of all this other blindness. It's full of all this other, what we call spiritual blindness. And when I, when I was asked to dramatise it and turned it into a pantomime, I felt a bit guilty to start with. But then I realised the story reads like a pantomime. It starts off and the disciples are asking if this man's born blind because he's a sinner. How does that one work out? It's, it's thrown immediately from the beginning and then we start to see the healing happen. Jesus puts mud on the man's eyes. Whoa, this is getting a bit weird, isn't it? And then the next thing is the people are saying, oh, it's not the man, maybe it's the man, maybe it's not the man. They would have seen this man every day of their lives because he would have begged at the temple gates. And yet here they are going, well, maybe it's not the man. Because they didn't want to believe that Jesus had done this. There's disbelief in there. And then finally, of course, the Pharisees, because he did it on a Sabbath day, well, we don't think God really did this. It can't really be God because he wouldn't be doing this on a Sabbath day. And so it's just it's just a crazy view of, of, of this disbelief. And we might look at it very simply ourselves and say, well, we wouldn't be us it wouldn't be us but it does challenge us when we just read a few chapters later in this book of john and jesus says in john 14 he says whoever believes in me will do the works i have been doing and they will do even greater things so actually jesus is challenging us all about do we really believe this stuff do we believe this power of god to do this And if we do, and if you were here last week, Dan talked about being a disciple of Jesus. Actually, we can believe, but actually to be a disciple, it's a real step in terms of faith in action. And so actually, do I have to really believe? Because if I don't believe, then I'm going to struggle to act in a way that I believe. So so, so it's a real challenge for us. And what we're going to do a bit later on, and children are going to get involved in this, is we're going to make up enough pairs of glasses for everybody here to help us think about some of the reasons that we might not see what happens in this story, and might not actually see the healing and and what's going on. So we're going to do that, and we're going to talk about some of those reasons why we do that. But before we do that, I just want to cover a couple of little things about this story. The first is about the healing. Everybody seems happy, so I'll I'll ask the grown-ups. About the healing, does it happen straight away? Does Jesus just go up to the man as they healed and it happened? Does it? It doesn't, does it? Jesus does his bit. He puts the mud on the man's eyes and he sends the man away. And the man comes back seeing. So actually we need to bear that in mind when we talk about healing. We often get into a culture of did it happen? Did it happen? Actually, we need to leave space for God to do his stuff. And I think there's a real example here of Jesus. says, I do what I do. I see the opportunity... I see the man, you're now talking, the disciples are talking about why the man's blind. Jesus is saying, I can see an opportunity for the glory of God now. So let's take that opportunity. So Jesus takes that opportunity, he puts the mud on the man's eyes and sends him away and he comes back seeing. So, And the glory of God is revealed. And I'll just—I share a story, I'll share it a bit later, but actually I prayed for a girl in a wheelchair once and not a lot happened at the time. But I found out a year later Somebody came up to me and said, do you remember paying for this girl? And I said, yeah, I remember paying for that girl. And actually, she'd been out of a wheelchair. She contacted this leader about three weeks after that event and said she was no longer in a wheelchair. And so it was a year later to hear that story. So we should never be discouraged because we don't know what God is doing and we need to let God do that. It's not our role. And then the second bit about this seeing the opportunity, Jesus sees. Jesus says, well, hang on a minute. This guy's blind what could we do from him why don't we see that why do the disciples not see that and and really jesus gives us a bit of a clue in here he talks about being the light of the world he talks about shining his light so we can see so jesus sees something the others don't in that situation And he's encouraging us all to see that so what we're going to do is we're going to do a little activity just thinking about light and what jesus might help us see so suzanne i'll hand over to suzanne so as i said so what we're going to do children is if you look around can you see there's a lot of people in here and what we want is everybody to go away with a pair of glasses that they can imagine at home that might be some of the reasons they don't see god's glory and see the opportunity of god's glory in healing so we're going to but well, we're going to need you guys to make them up so i'm going to talk i just dropped a load on the floor haven't i never mind um, so I'm going to throw these out in a minute I'm going to start talking about them and I'm going to give you some pairs and when you get some pairs there's a table here and there's another table right down the back over there where Suzanne and Sarah I think are going to be helping you to stick some colour lenses on them and put some stickers on them and decorate them and when we've got enough I'm going to stop talking, okay that's the deal, so it depends how, if you want me to talk for less time you have to make glasses quickly so, so yeah, we're going to talk about reasons for disbelief. Now, first of all, I'm going to make an apology. There's not going to be some deep theological study of healing, because it's a family service, one, me, I'm not particularly equipped to do that. And, and actually, Jesus doesn't really do that. Jesus sort of does it. It's a very practical thing in Jesus' ministry. He just sort of gets on and do it. But if you want to look a bit deeper, it, the, the, the notes are already on the website to have a look at that a bit deeper. And in a few weeks' time, we're going to be talking about the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And we'll go a little bit more into detail there. But today, we're just going to look at some of the reasons from this story and beyond as to why we might not see these opportunities, why we might not see what Jesus sees in this situation. So, let's have a look. It's so the first one here. I've got this one. It's called Judgment. And of course, the very start of this story, we see the disciples judging the man. Don't we? There we go, Benji, you get started. We see that the disciples start to judge the man. They go, well, why is this man blind? And Jesus says, well, that's not the point here. Jesus doesn't say it's never the point, but he does say it's not the point here. It's not what I'm interested in. I can see something else. So, and we can do that. We can judge the people that we see and think, oh, maybe they're self-inflicted or whatever. Actually, we don't need these glasses. We could, we could do away with those. And then of course, there is, judgment of the healer. Much of the rest of the story starts to judge Jesus as about whether he's the healer. Now, I have to confess, I wear these glasses loads. Because if you hear those stories, you hear the stories of healing ministries and the people who do them? They're usually quite eccentric people. And they don't do things like I like things to be done. So I sit there and I go, wow, that's amazing, but I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about this. And in putting this together, I was really challenged, actually, we get rid of this pair because God does amazing things through them and we should let God's glory work in the way it works and if it can work with mud and spit in the street then we're probably wrong when we think these people aren't so keep going, give yourself glasses and I'll carry on, if you run out of glasses come back give me a shout and I'll send you some more what have I got, fear of failure, here's another one fear of failure and I thought a Michael Harvey clip was really really good Because the same is true of healing, fear of failure. Our fear is a failure, Our fear of the successes. But that's God's business, that's not our business. Overcoming our fear is about praying for somebody. It's about saying, can I pray for you? That is the overcoming of the fear. We're, We're fearful of something that is God's and it's not ours to be fearful of. So we'll do away with that, praying is success. Oh, you've got one already. Anybody else need one? I'll keep throwing them down. Then we got embarrassment. Embarrassment, my embarrassment. It must have been quite embarrassing to stand next to Jesus and watch him spit in the mud and put it on this bloke's eyes. Actually, that's probably quite embarrassing. But do you know, embarrassment doesn't last very long. We can we can do without that. And of course, there's embarrassment theirs. This chap didn't know what was coming, so he probably wasn't embarrassed. But actually, you know, it can be embarrassing to say to somebody, "Can I pray for you?" And they might be embarrassed, but... Is it worth that? What's our threshold in terms of how embarrassed we are compared to who might be healed? So uh, we've got quite a factory going here at the front and the back. It's impressive. So. <coughs> Disappointment. Disappointment's a different one. Am I going to be disappointed when I pray for somebody? Because we know our experience, it doesn't happen all the time. So yes, there's a risk going to be disappointed, but as you think about this, you think, well, I can either stand here and I think, this person I could pray for, but I'm not going to because I'm disappointed. Well, if I don't pray for them, my disappointment is guaranteed they are not going to be healed. But actually, if I said, well, okay, I could risk being disappointed for the possibility that they were healed, well, actually, now my disappointment is, is tempered by the possibility of God's glory being displayed in that situation. And then there's a much more tricky one, which is disappointment theirs. Can they be disappointed? Yes. And this is a challenging one, because people in their situations, that they've been prayed for a number of times, how do they feel about that if they're not, if God's glory isn't revealed in that situation? It's really difficult. We don't know what's going on. And so talk about this a bit more. Actually, we don't understand what's going on out there when it comes to healing, but... I do a sort of picture of actually imagining God is weaving this tapestry of gold and silver. And it's got this beautiful tapestry, and actually there's all these black threads that have crept into it from different places. And when we pray to God, when we say, actually, God, we want healing in the situation, we're asking him to rip one of those threads out. We're asking him to say, tear that out of this picture, it's not part of your picture. But we don't know what it takes to do that. We don't know how that holds the picture together. We don't know whether it needs to be replaced with something else. So so we don't know what's going on and there is disappointment there and we need to be ready for that and we need to be sensitive to it. But it's not the reason for us not to to step out and pray in that situation. <clears throat> what have I got here? Uh, inconvenience. It was probably fairly inconvenient for Jesus. He was just leaving the temple when he probably was heading somewhere else and all of a sudden this opportunity arises and he takes it up. So it can be inconvenient when we're in... Let's check out Sainsbury's or down the pub or with our friends at work or at school. But actually, how much inconvenience is worth the opportunity to see what we see in this story? Quite a, a lot. Then I've got mess, very practical mess. In this situation, Jesus got rather messy with the mud. It, it was messy, but there's another sort of mess when it comes to praying for healing. And that's, we get involved in the mess of the situations that people are in. And it can be messy. But as we seek to push back against this darkness, as we see, we're gonna get some of it on our hands and actually, we're gonna to have to accept there's some mess and we've gotta to, to deal with that. So again, it's not a, it's not a reason for us not to believe or to see. Fear of others' opinions. This is always a challenging one. What do other people think when I pray for them? I, This one's quite pertinent for me. I once prayed for a family member who was dying of cancer to be healed in front of the rest of the family who were atheists and agnostics, and I struggled with what are they going to think. And then I thought, actually, if this person was healed, I really don't care what they think, so probably I should just not care what they think anyway. And I still, to this day, five, six years later, don't know what they think. So actually I realised I didn't need to be worried about it because it didn't have have a problem associated with it. How are we doing? They're still collecting here. Is anybody <laughs> keeping track? Because I could go on all day if you're not quick. <laughs> I've got this one. This is a bit of a funny one. Offending the medical profession. This is one I struggle with. I don't think... There are people in the medical profession here. I don't think they, uh, they struggle with this. But I sort of do. I feel bad. Because, you know, the, the medical profession can do this. But actually, I think believers who are in the medical profession, let them speak, but... Um, it's not a problem to them they want to see God's glory and healing in the same way as we do so uh, so we needn't do that And, and certainly my experience of our daughter who had E. coli we went to hospital she was in for three weeks and it was an amazing experience a humbling experience to see in a medical profession caring for her and bringing healing to her life but in amongst all that God acted in amazing ways that couldn't be explained so we saw that all at work together it's not an either or so we shouldn't let that put us off there's another one for you Nearly through, nearly through. Alternative solutions, that's another one. Well, this person's only got that, they could go to the chemist. Well, they could go to the chemist, but God could heal them. Which would we go for? They could go and have that joint replaced. Yes, they could, but maybe if God would heal them. And of course, the situation the NHS is in, maybe we should get God more involved and reduce the demand on the system would have an impact effect. And of course, you hear those ministries around the world. The people there don't have all the alternatives, it might be many hours to seek medical treatment, it might be no opportunity and therefore for these people to be able to turn to God with actual real faith and say God I need you to heal me or it's, it's, it's this or nothing, then that so a real demand there in terms of, of that. Order, we like things to be orderly, it certainly wasn't orderly in this account Jesus wasn't doing what everybody was expecting he did it on the wrong day, he did it using mud, he, all sorts of things he did wrong there And then explanation. I'm an engineer. I'm sure as engineers and scientists here, I like to explain how it goes. I like to make sure I know what's going on. And of course, when you look into healing, you know you have absolutely no idea. So there you go. There's an explanation one for you there. Yes, keep those Yeah. Or a couple more. This one, making God look bad. Do we do that? We think, oh, if I do this, I pray for somebody and it just... They're going to think God doesn't. Actually, God's a big lad. Let's look after Himself in that way. And and the other thing is, we don't know how people think when we pray for them, even if they're not healed. We don't know what their reaction is. We don't know what the impact is on their life when that happens. And amazing stories from people come from people who say, actually, I was prayed for, I wasn't healed, but actually, I realized God was real in that situation. So we, we shouldn't worry about doing God's PR for him in that situation. We should let him do that one. I've got humility here. Now, that might seem to be a really odd one, but I feel this is quite important. I shared briefly that story of a, a girl in a wheelchair. I don't generally share that story because I, feel like I shouldn't really, because what do people think? You know, they think you are. But actually, you sort of realise when writing this, humility is about giving God the glory. It's not about pretending God doesn't do this. So we quite often hide under this. Well, God doesn't he really do this to be humble? And actually, it was an amazing experience. I had to take off a lot of glasses. I was two years or two and a half years ago now. I sat in a venue in New Wine, where I was standing. We were worshiping, and about fifty feet to my right, down the aisle, I could see a girl in a wheelchair. And God says she shouldn't be in a wheelchair. She should be up and dancing. So I then went through. Oh, hang on a minute. Protocol. She's a woman, I'm a man, I can't pray for her. I went through the it's difficult glasses. It's difficult. How am I gonna do that? I don't do these sort of difficult cases. But in the end, I overcame the protocol. I went and found one of the leaders. And I said, Look, I feel that we should pray for this girl. So we did, we went and prayed for this girl. She'd been in a wheelchair for months due to ME. She'd been so debilitated, she's stuck in a wheelchair. We prayed for her, it was an amazing time. Um we we left her you know we, we paid for her she was still in a wheelchair she was in a wheelchair for the rest of the week I saw her a number of times but as I say a year later I sat in that venue and this leader recognised me from a year ago and came up to me and said do you remember playing for Chris, Christy I said yeah of course I remember playing for Christy and she said well she would found me on Facebook three weeks after that event and told me that she was no longer in a wheelchair and it was just amazing and actually we need to share those stories and we're going to do a little experiment in a minute Alice is going to do some, do some numbers to, to help us understand that our prayers are part of a bigger picture and it's not always about just about our responses at that time. I've got another one here, not big enough for God. God sometimes fixes the little things, doesn't he? And people, Somebody told me a story a couple of weeks ago about somebody they were praying for for a major healing and they actually had some real life-limiting condition but actually God healed them of some very simple things which revolutionised the final days of their life. People didn't see it, but they actually realised that person's life was so impacted by that small thing. And then we got too big for God. That's too big for God. Three weeks' time we're doing raising Lazarus from the dead, so we probably should skip a little bit for God. And then the final one I've got here is my faith isn't enough. And before we do this experiment, just this going back to that first point, that fear on my faith. And we label my faith in the healing but actually my faith is about believing what Jesus says it's about seeing what Jesus sees and saying okay Jesus I believe that you can do this I believe that you're calling me to do this so my faith is acting on that calling the rest is God's glory so just like who comes to your invitations is God's business who is healed is God's business and we don't understand that fully. So that's that's really it. I just well actually an example of that faith. So what is faith? Faith is me saying to, to Richard now, Can I come and pray for you, Richard? Can I say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would be healed? Can I ask that your illness be taken from you? that It's not of this kingdom, but we would pray that you would be healed in the name of Christ. Amen. That's faith. Richard knew that was coming, but that is faith. And that's our role. So I'd like to just leave to Alice now to to do a little experiment.
1: Right, we're just going to do a little bit of numbers. I think we all agree that we are encouraged when we do see God's glory revealed in people being healed. But we also all know that that isn't always what we see when we pray for someone to be healed. And if you're anything like me, it can actually be quite hard to keep going and to keep praying. It's very easy to become discouraged by the, oh, but nothing happened. Um, But I think it can really help us if we... Realize that we are part of a big body of praying people, that it's not just us on our own. So what we're gonna do is conduct a little anonymous survey, so nobody is gonna know your personal results. I've got grit standing by around the room, hopefully, ready to help with this. And they are gonna hand every adult a little slip of paper, which you probably can't see from there, but it has a row of numbers on it. 0, one, two, five, ten, twenty and fifty. There's also going to be some pens passed down the rows. So if you want to start handing those out, guys, that would be great. And what we want you to do, I don't want you to spend hours thinking about it, but on your piece of paper, we'd like you to circle one of those numbers, which is, if you like, your threshold of how many times you think you might feel able to pray for healing one to one, so not just praying by yourself that somebody will be healed, but actually praying with somebody, somebody there, so person to person, praying for people to be healed. So not how many times would you pray for one person, not how many times would you be willing to pray for Richard, but how many times altogether do you think you would be willing to keep praying even if you didn't see God doing something? Does that make sense? So just circle one of those numbers. It, it, we don't expect everybody to say, infinite it might be that you'll say zero because actually you've never prayed for somebody to healed you don't feel comfortable doing that that's okay we just want to get an idea of the number of prayers that could come out of a body of people this big and then grit are going to collect them up when you've done that and they're going to give us some statistics at the end of the service oh And when they're collected up, the children are going to hand out the glasses that they've been so busy producing. They've been a glasses factory over there. And hopefully they've made enough for everybody.